Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. I've got a really lovely guest today that I'm really looking forward to having a chat to and a cup of tea with. Um, you'll mostly know her, I would think, from her years on EastEnders. She played the wonderful Angie Watts. She's a wonderful actress and a really, really nice lady. And her name is Anita Dobson. Anita, hello. Hello there, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Just getting a bit chilly now, isn't it? Autumn It's quite spring. nice. Yeah. Mm. I love I actually I love autumn because I love all the, you know, when when we drive down to the countryside, all the trees changing colour. It's so lovely. Mm. I Such don't a like winter. Season. No, you're like my daughter. I saw her large I mean, she's grown up. She said, I hate winter, I hate winter, I hate being cold, but I don't mind, I don't think. I mean, I mean, we lived in California for a few years, many years ago, and um, you don't really get big seasons there, and I kind of miss them. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. If we could just go at spring, summer, autumn, and then segue back into spring again, that would be no, marvellous. I, I, yeah, I do, I do agree. We better not move to Canada or Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't cope with that. No. Oh, my God. Or the, the Nordic countries where it's dark. Although I have to say, if you do go to, say, Lapland or somewhere like that or Antarctica, the, it's a different kind of cold. It's a kind of powdery cold. So as long as you've got lots of bulk on, actually, it's not it's not that damp, wet cold that it's, we get. I say it's dry, isn't it? Yes. It's very dry. We get, we get damp, wet cold. Yeah. <laughs> we really? won't do that. Anyway, are you, are you a tea drinker Are you as we're having tea together? Uh, norm coffee, really. I'm really a coffee okay. queen, yeah, because I don't drink milk very much. So, oh, okay. So you have it black, black, strong with honey. That, oh, oh, that's interesting. I haven't had that one before. Not coffee. Well, I, I can't. I don't drink coffee because it 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 gives me kind of heartburn. Oh, okay. Although my daughter again, she told me last week that she read that coffee, a couple of cups of coffee, re is really good for your heart. Yes. Apparently so, oh. yeah. As is a glass of red wine, so I hear. Well, I'll go with the red wine <laughs> <laughs> any day. I was looking at your biog, and I, I, you were on TV a few years ago, playing Queen Elizabeth the First, and you were bloody brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I have to tell you, I I couldn't see it in your biog. I think you've missed it out. Oh, you should put it in. Sorry. I talked to my agent. What about yeah, no, it's on, on the Wikipedia one. Oh, you know, I was just, yes, you can't rely on just, so that, But get it in there because you were amazing, oh. absolutely amazing. Was it fun? It was a wonderful part. Yeah, what about the teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't uh, keep them. What did, did they did. put? <laughs> got them in a jar I have. <laughs> a, little, a little memento of funny so they cl they clipped onto your teeth did yes. they? they didn't actually paint or do your teeth they put on false ones so to speak that's correct i went to a, a place called fangs <laughs> <laughs> to have the teeth made and, oh, were, that's hysterical. and there were lots of teeth on display of like famous horror films and people that are famously wore sort of like proper fangs you know yeah and, and the normal kind of nasty looking teeth one of which was mine but i mean it was a i mean what a gift of a part the makeup took four hours and she said to me as it was only a short little um recording that we did a little bit of filming she said um we're fine you can come in it will take four hours then you're done for the day she said but if we were doing longer like if this was a three-month shoot we would ask yeah. you to cut your hair off right short because 
Otherwise, it would just take too long. She said, but as it's not every day you're needed to look like her when she's going like to this. bed. <laughs> yeah, horrible, balding with a little tuft. It was amazing. Uh, it was it was brilliant. I have to say, I do think the 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 British makeup and hair in film and TV are the best in the world. Yeah, they really they are superb. Mm, they were very. They good. just oh god damn But you, you the performance was amazing. Lee and I absolutely loved it. I mean, I mean, I, we love historical things anyway, but it was just lovely to see your performance. So congratulations. Oh, when when was that? Well, it was a oh, few, it was years, a back, few wasn't it? years back. Yeah, now I don't need the makeup. I could just get to the <laughs> well, I, I don't think so. But the teeth, the teeth still look good. Yeah, the teeth are good. Yeah. How funny. Did, but were they uncomfortable or, would, or was it like wearing a kind of uh, a thing that you put teeth like whitening in? Like a brace, in? yeah. No, yeah. they were uncomfortable because you, I felt that if you didn't enunciate quite clearly, you ran the risk of lisping. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Did, did, yeah, because those things that they put teeth whitening in, you do tend to lift. Yes. I had to, I had to have a brace a few years back because one of my teeth had kind of started to grow backwards. Ooh. And I note, and I noticed when I did wore it at night. I only had to wear it at night, and they they straightened it up. But um, that it did make you lisp a little bit, so you do have to be careful. Yeah, although I have to say, I do love prosthetics. I mean, I loved the whole procedure of like having a bald pate. I had to get rid of all my hair, put the bald pate on, so I looked completely bald. And then, and I, I was quite surprised. I looked all right, bald. It was quite surprising. <laughs> um, and then they put the the stuff on top of that so she she looked like her hair's falling out with just little tufts hanging down and they do this thing where they put this glycerine on your skin and then they hold it squeeze it together in their fingers and hold it for a few moments then when they let it go you have voila even more wrinkles than you had before so i had oh is that how they do it really clever it's extraordinary and then they painted liver spots all over me i mean girlfriend it was a blast So anyway, it was you were brilliant, and I'm sure they it will pop up again if anyone sees. Well, it was Armada, yes, wasn't it called? Yes, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a docu drama, correct? That's correct. Yes, that's yeah, it right. was fabulous. No, I loved it. I absolutely oh, loved you. it. So obviously, we've got to talk about EastEnders. Yes. <laughs> you must be so sick of talking about EastEnders, but well, I mean, what you know, what a stamp you put on the country. I mean. It, it it must have been. Was it a surprise that you became? I mean, because lots of people go into soap dramas that go on for a long time, and you kind of know them and a bit, but you don't. But I mean, it 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 turned you really famous, didn't it? I mean, well, yes, I was you're, just a jobbing actress before that, no, and then suddenly it, it was brand new. Then it was they were talking about yeah. it as a drama series, and. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't cast originally. I don't know if you knew that. They cast somebody else as Angie Watts. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, and she'd started filming those little trailers that they put out. And then at the final, like the penultimate hour, Julia Smith, uh, the producer, the executive producer, decided she wasn't right for whatever reason. And so they let her go. And then oh the search was on to find Angie Watts. So, because my agent did put me up originally and they said no no she doesn't look old enough so this time they put me up again and um i'd, I'd obviously aged sufficiently <laughs> i don't know what six months. Six months. but what i had done was i'd because i'd um you know as i say jobbing actress no money and so i went on a tour with the oxford playhouse company of henry the fourth part two sounds a bit shushy doesn't it um and my mum and dad said to me look you're not going to get married and um you know, time is running out, darling. So here's what we'd saved for your, like, for your wedding. Um, it wasn't that much in those days. I think it's a hundred pounds all those years. And they said, for God's sake, get yourself some decent clothes. So while I was on, t- <laughs> <laughs> so while I was on tour, I went around all these little thrift shops and bought myself little forty suits for about six pounds and coats and blouses and so um and then I went on tour with the Rocky Horror Show to Italy and I Ooh. and I yeah and I met this lovely girl called Gianna whose uh, mother owned a hairdressing salon and she kept saying to me, Darling, you must the gel, everybody gel the air, you got the gel. So I thought, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh gel. 
So when I walked in for the (laughs) (laughs) for the interview, just the first interview for Angie, I had a forty suit on tailored little suit very wasted and um my hair was gelled and the first thing she said was now that's a good style it's a good look and I thought oh that's good so that was a good start so I after that as you probably remember she wore lots of little tailored suits with the yeah, dicky bows and the hair so you actually were way ahead of the trend of shopping in thrift shops I was because now now it's because it's like it's so trendy to you know recycle which we all've got to do but i mean in those days that's that was you were he- way ahead of the trend I, but you i i used to go cuz i actually love 1940s jackets cuz i love the shape mm, you know the shoulders yeah. So I actually did used to go looking for jackets, looking for jackets. Well, I love vintage. I mean, my mother was a yeah. tailoress. My father was a dress cutter. So I love clothes. And um, so anything like Armada or anything, with the costumes, I love it. But when I went shopping, I mean, they're, they're the sort of things that I would wear. I love the 40s. It's my favourite period yeah, too. me too. And uh, they looked so smart, didn't they? We had gloves yeah. and handbags. And, uh, and they always wore a ha- little yeah, hat. Yeah, tilted on they? one side, yeah. I know, it was gorgeous. So that's how I suppose that helped a lot towards uh, And when I left, I left the interview. Um, she said, uh, off you go, go home. She said, because we have other people to see, but we'll ring you this afternoon and let you know what's going on. So I left clutching six scripts, which weighed a ton, and staggered out <laughs> into the rain because it was raining, thinking, have I got the job? Oh, oh, what's what's this about? And then the car broke down on the way home. My beaten up Vauxhall Cavalier broke down. <laughs> so I had to get a cab. So I got home wet without the car with all these scripts, went in, plunked them down. And the phone went and my agent said, well, it looks like you're playing Angie Watts if you want it. Wow. And I said to him, I said, can I call you back? And he went, Okay, so I rang my dad and I said, Dad, I've just been offered this part as um, and blurbed away. And he went, why are you on the phone to me? Get off the phone. This is what you've been waiting for. Oh, wow. Isn't it? I love stories. Like It's so amazing to me that that one meeting, one, you know, chance meeting or somebody seeing, you know, it's like uh, Patrick Stewart who was in Star Trek got the job because he was at his uh, he was lecturing at a university about acting about various things and one of the students fathers was a producer of Star Trek and he saw him and cast him wow in Star Trek and changed his life i mean he was he again he was a jobbing actor a very very good actor yeah. But that turned him into a major star. Isn't that amazing? Extraordinary. And the same with, you. I mean, the fact that you got your hair gelled up <laughs> in the 40s. Yeah, God bless <laughs> Jana, wherever she is now. I know. But it made such an impact on everyone. In, in, in I mean, I used, to, I used to watch it all the time in those years because they were such great storylines and your storyline was amazing. I was amazed to read in your bio, actually, that, it was only three years. Yeah, I did. Is that true? Well, we the, the initial contract was eighteen months. Yeah, and then uh, I they said um, we'd like you to come back, and I said, can I come back for another year? And they said, no, it's two years or nothing, either two years or no. So I said, all right, I'll do the two years. So I did three and a three and three quarter years, whatever. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah. But it's still the major storyline that everyone thinks of when you say East End, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah. And, it is. And I think you're right. You see, the, when you said about the storylines, the writers in those early days were fantastic. Yeah, and once they were. We, we sort of clicked, Leslie and I, they started to kind of write for us. They realised what, you know, what kind of chemistry was going on. So they started to write for us. So that's, I think, what actually compounded the whole thing. It made it suddenly very watchable this yeah oh it was it was addictive I don't know about just watchable you you had to tune in to see what was going to happen but tell me because I I bet a lot I mean I only know because I know other people who've done that sort of schedule it's it's quite it's quite hard isn't it because you've got scripts coming along all the time and in those days how was it every night eastenders or was it once a week i can't it remember it was twice a week and twice a week and then wonderful <clears throat> sandy ratcliffe who bless us not with us anymore but she was we made her equity debt 
because she could earn a little bit more money and she was a bit hard up, bless her. So she became equity debt and she went in and struck a really tough deal with um, the management so that when the omnibus was shown on Sundays, we got a really good kickback from that. So that, oh, that made it a decent fee after that. Yeah. But no, we, so it was shown twice in the week and then repeated on the Sunday. But we didn't have rehearsed record, of course, in those days, which no. actually I attribute to one of the reasons why it was so good, because Julia insisted. So we would rehearse, we would have all day on the Tuesday, we'd rehearse all day, stop, have lunch or dinner, whatever you want to call it. And then we'd come back and then we'd record all evening. And then we'd do the same thing on the Thursday. Friday, we'd do all the filming on the lot. Saturday, we got our new scripts and did a, a sort of walkthrough. And then on the Monday, we did a producer's run. So it was a busy week, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And learning all those new scripts week after week. But, but it must really train your brain well it did then i don't know about now <laughs> my one my one gray cell that i've got left i'm, I'm sort of nurturing <laughs> try and keep it going so you you were actually born in the east end right yes i was in stepney Is that right in yeah. stepney that's amazing i never knew that that's amazing so and you know we're born we're we're the same age we we're born in 1949 right good year good year yeah good yeah. year that's, when are you born what month are you born uh, September nineteenth. Um, what are you? April. Yeah. Oh, so you're a little bit older yeah. than me. But um, so you grew up in Stepney. I did. Yeah, I was born and with your mum and dad. Did you have sisters, brothers? I've got one sister who's uh, nine years younger than me, and we were in a strange moment. Now, looking at the world today and looking back to the world that we lived in then when we were young, I mean, I always thought because we were very poor, we had no money. We lived in a little council flat and relied on my dad's salary, you know, as a dress cutter. But we were very lucky because we were very protected, my sister and I. My mum and dad, like, you know, when I was older, when I was, you know, growing up to be a teenager, I still had to be in at a certain time. And if I wasn't yeah, in, my dad no, would be out looking for me, you know, wondering where I was. And and I'm glad it was like that. You know, even though it was a, it took me a long time to kind of grow into, I feel I didn't wake up till 37, really. I was living in this kind of <laughs> protected world and then drama took over and then suddenly. It but it was, it was a gentler world then because we grew up in the same, I mean, I grew up, I was in Northwest London mm -hmm. in Neasden, which is near Wembley. So, but it was, I mean, I you know, it was a happy childhood, really, but um, it was a gentler world, I think. Or maybe is that nostalgia, do you think? What's well, maybe it is know? a bit of nostalgia, but it was a happy world because there wasn't all this technology, was there? I mean, children played out on their bicycles. They played together. You know, they weren't kind of kept indoors. You know, don't go outside because you might get stabbed or this sort of thing. So, I yeah, know. I think you're right. It was a gentler world. And people, I remember where I lived, we were in a four-block kind of concrete jungle, two blocks facing each other with a playground in the middle. And um, people used to, if somebody was working, as the mothers did, do part-time jobs, and the children mm -hmm. came home from school, they'd leave the keys through the letterbox on a string so that the children could let themselves in. Yeah. Or a neighbour would take them in, give them tea, and deliver them back. You know, it was a much more... That's right. Of a community, I think. I'd say it was a community. Yeah, we, I mean, we uh, we lived in a house. My, I, we, like my dad had quite a good job he was um, a master carpenter and he worked on the film sets funny ah. enough and I had two elder sisters but we all I mean I we played in the street yeah I had all my friends various houses up the street and we'd all go out in the summertime anyway or go into each other's houses or our back gardens yeah happy day and again it was it was it was and and I I, I don't ever remember feeling unsafe or mum and dad kind of saying you you know be careful because there's it's dangerous out there I don't I don't I don't remember that I don't think I do remember I mean there were incidents that happened occasionally yeah. but nothing but I do remember my mum used because uh, do you remember the ice cream van that used to come round? oh uh, yeah and then all you could hear was mom from every child you know, mom everybody <laughs> screaming and then the mothers would throw the money over the top of the flats so it would fall down <laughs> and the kids would go and get the ice cream um, that's just I know, bad, isn't it? but i do remember my mum saying to me don't talk to strangers if a car stops and somebody asks yeah. it don't talk to anybody so yeah that's true that, i did have that don't talk to anybody my, mind you my mother was quite protective really so yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Were you a mod? I was a mod, yes. Yeah, I was a mod too. <laughs> I was, I was a mod. Do you remember those? Lot of, 
because as I say, my mum was a tailor, so she we had all our clothes made for us. So even though we were oh, poor yeah. as church mice, we looked great because my mother used to get uh, cuts from my daddy when he was working. We'd cut these huge swathes and uh, he'd bring some material on. And mum would make uh, like a little suit for me or a little dress for my sister, you know. So I looked pretty cool. Like, remember those long jackets with the slit up the back and then it had the two I slits do. up the back? Yeah. And it was so important. What did, I mean, I was I was only allowed to go out on a Saturday night. I mean, this is when I'm like 14, 15. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 14. We used to go, oh, no, 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 I wasn't locked up till then. But um, and we used to go to a club in 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 Harrow on the Hill. No, Har- No, yeah, Harrow on the Hill. Which to me was very posh, and um, and it was a, a club above um, Burton's tailoring uh-huh. yeah. uh, shop, and um, and it was all mods. It was amazing, and we saw people like uh, the Yardbirds, which was Eric Clapton, wow. and I mean, it was unbelievable. Jeff Beck, I think, were in the Yardbirds. I mean, you know, they were just musicians to us. We they weren't famous then. Um, Eric Burden and the animals. Oh, I do you love remember them? them. Yeah, and we saw Georgie Fame. Oh, oh loved George. Still do love, Amazing. love, love Georgie Fame. Love it. But I can remember there were girls probably of seventeen and eighteen, which t- to us were like they were so grown up, and we used to see what they were wearing every week. And then I, I'd learned to sew from my my sisters mainly and my mum, and we. You know, we'd go and buy a bit of cheap fabric and make a skirt or a jacket similar to what we'd seen the other girls wearing. Wow, so oh, I envy you. I was absolutely useless at any kind of needlework or stuff. Same as my nan. My nan was the same. Just would never couldn't sew. And anything. yet, your mum was a seamstress yes, and a brilliant one too. That's yeah. that's weird. She used to make coats. You know. I remember once, um, one Christmas, she made me this beautiful red and black sort of boucle coat with a little scarf that went across the collar with black fringing on it and a big shiny red bu- uh, black button. And she said, um, we've got to go and find shoes. So off we went down the market <laughs> and we were out all afternoon. I was exhausted. I said, Mum, I don't care. I'll wear the shoes I've got. I'm not bothered. She said, no, we need the right shoes. And eventually we found really quite late, must have been about five o'clock, this stall um, down the market with a pair of black patent shoes with a big bow on the front. And she went, look at those. And I went, I love them. She said, there you go. Those are the shoes. <laughs> Happy time. That's so yeah. fun. Oh, that's so funny because I mean, my mum, well, my mum did sew because she used to make, I, I used to get a new summer dress every summer. Uh, one that she'd make, and then I'd get. She'd let me pick one. Did you have catalogues? Oh my mom, yes, my father used, we had, used to bring home the big ones. You know, from because he worked yeah. at a big firm, so he'd bring the catalogues, and they were the, they. There was the end, like friends, yeah, and they'd open like that. I mean, they were literally that thick because on each page was a charcoal sketch of the dress, and then a piece of fabric of the the cloth. So it, it, oh, you got yeah, the real stuff. Yeah. I was these were just like catalog catalogues, and I was allowed to pick one dress. Which was very exciting every year. It is, isn't it? I love clothes. They're so exciting. I know. I know. It's all, in a way, it was more exciting than now when, you know, you you kind of have so much. That's true. And you suddenly, the excitement kind of, I mean, I still love, I love, I love shopping, but um, that, that great thrill that I felt when I was young, when you only had one or two things. Yeah. But, Isn't it um, interesting? I think for children now, I think they, they're so grown up so quickly, aren't they? I mean, um, I Bry's got, you know, grandchildren. He's two boys, Daniel and Jack. They're so forward, you know, in their in their their knowledge of technology. Whereas, Unbelievable, whereas, aren't I they? think it's really important to have firsts. You know, I mean, I'm still having a first, like, oh, I've never done that. That's really exciting. And I think if you, you grow up too quickly, you run out of firsts, don't you? Yeah, you do, actually. That's really interesting. I mean, I have such mixed feelings about technology and the internet. I mean, there's obviously the good side of it, the the wonderment of it. I mean, it still makes me amazed what you can do. Mm. Well, not what I can do, because most of it I can't do. But (laughs) I'm learning. I'm better than I used to be. But then there's the downside, I think. I mean, I mean, we were in a restaurant a few months ago and Lee, you know Lee, my yeah. husband, um, he said, I'm going to go to, there was a couple, a young couple probably in their early 20s, sitting at a table with wine and, and they were both on their phones. 
they weren't talking to each other. And he said, I'm going to go over there and say to them, put your phones down and talk to them. I said, you can't. You can't do that. Did he? But it, it, it's worrying. No, oh, good boy. No, he wanted to. Yeah. And there's a few restaurants I've heard now who you they won't allow phones in. That's great. I don't think you should. I think that's a brilliant yeah, but At least idea. when you're eating food, for goodness sake, turn the damn thing off for a moment. But I, I do think, I don't know, and the downside of it or the horrible things that children yeah. can find yeah. on the internet is very, very worrying. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, not, yeah um, horrible, really horrible. But I don't, you know, I don't, but on, I don't know. But everything. It, I'm, I'm, I've got grandchildren now and you worry about, you know, them as well. You know, you want them to go out and play rather than be on a tablet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also looking at screens all day can't be good for you. Yeah. No, I don't really think don't it think is. it is. And also in schools now, they're, they're, I mean, people can't add up. You go into a shop and if you present cash, they go, <laughs> they look petrified because <laughs> they don't know what to do. Everything is on a card. No, that's true. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You mentioned Brian, and that's the wonderful, amazing Brian May. When did you first meet? We met um, 86, 1986, when he was doing the magic tour with the boys. Um, and I was sort of in my second year, I suppose, of EastEnders, towards the end of that year. And, um, yeah, we met, and I went to one of their incredible parties and I became really friendly with Freddie to start with he sort of said oh, come and meet my boyfriend and dragged me off to meet Jim <laughs> and then he said you must come home with me so we all went back to his place and then I started to go around there sort of on Sunday mornings and I remember going around there one Sunday morning and he went darling like that and I went into the, the kitchen which we everybody goes to the kitchen don't they and he had all the papers spread out on the table he went look at you sweetheart look Ooh, it's all about you. <laughs> Some awful story in the papers, and I was just horrified. And he was laughing, you know, like a drain, because he was used to it. Of course, it, he'd had all that, you know. And suddenly, there was me yeah. being faced with it. It wasn't a I mad know. time, yeah. But he, it was great. So, did you get together with Brian then? No, not really. We sort of, we sort of met. We met at um at this party that Fred had, had had and, and I think at, at subsequent events and um, got to know each other and, yeah, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> and when did you get married? We got married, uh, I was 51 when we got married, so that was... Uh, oh, yeah, that's I great. thought, I'm 51, there's a good chance it's going to last, you know, because it's quite late. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, what, that's 22 so years ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was 39 when we got oh, married. That's a good age. But we've been together 37 years now. Congratulations, that's brilliant. Yeah, amazing. It is. I often look at, look at us sometimes and think, gosh, we've been together all that time. Kind of on and offish, but yeah, you know. Anyway, it's quite, you know. <laughs> Did you used to go to all the gigs with him and everything? In or? the early days, of course, I went to everything, but not everything. now because I kind of feel... Some of them, you know, I'll go to like maybe the first one and then pop in yeah. or maybe see the last one. But I won't go for the whole thing, though, because I've kind of seen it and done it. You've done that, got the T-shirt. And toy, <laughs> many, a, cu a cupboard full of fluffy toys. But, I mean, yeah, they are amazing, aren't they? I mean, I do think that they're still, I mean, the recent tour that they've just finished, I don't know how they got through yeah. it at their age, really, I don't. I suddenly realised more clearly, I suppose, than ever before, what a professional my husband is. I mean, yeah, he oh, really but... works at it. He rehearses, he rehearses, he rehearses. He checks everything out. He's constantly looking at it, talking to everybody. I mean, that's why they're so fantastic. All of them are the same. They all write. They all exactly. play instruments. They all care about the product that they're, they're making. It's I think they care immensely. And, 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 and don't you think it's also it's their great passion, yeah, isn't it? it is. And if if you're passionate, like you're obviously passionate about acting, yeah, 
their music and their the way they present themselves. That's why they're so brilliant. Mm. He's also um, a brilliant kind of he collects stereo cards you know the remember when we we were kiddies you used to get them in the Weetabix packets they were little cards and you put them in a viewer and they went into 3d oh my goodness they were little baby ones then but he collects victorian yeah. stereo cards and is oh my yeah, goodness so he's got another passion that he's and also of course he works for nasa does 3d stuff you know pictures of their their moon landings oh. and he's very clever I don't know what oh, I'm doing so with him, really. I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a deep brain, and I've got this genius for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that is so, so what does he do for NASA? That's amazing. Well, you know, I didn't you know, know that. They land probes on various planets. Yeah. You know, they launch things into space, which is now littered with junk. But he will, like, oh, no. um, when there was a, the recent one, um, he, he they sent him all the photographs of the landing, and then he makes them into 3D photographs. I know. Oh, so my it, goodness. It, it looks like you you can actually see it. It's standing away from the background. Oh, yeah. Very clever. That's amazing. I, I never knew that about him. That's amazing. And he did a book once. A friend of his is um, a Frenchman. Um, he's a, a keen, again, keen about stereo cards. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do a book about crinolines. So Brian and he did it together. And when they launched the book, myself and Brian's two daughters and, and friends, we all dressed up in crinolines to sort of show them, to show them as the part of the launch. And we found this dear uh-huh. little place, little Victorian theatre, and we did it there. And it's fascinating, you know, what those women went through in those days. Most of those dresses caught fire <gasps> because, I mean, massive, massive amount of material in a massively big skirt and petticoat. You only need to brush by a candle. And if it goes a up, candle. unless somebody throws you to the floor and, you know, people lay on you to put the fire out, Oh, my yeah. God. So it was quite a dangerous thing to wear, apparently. But they were so beautiful. Yeah, of course. You know? They were so – I'd never thought of that. But, of course, they're so big, Massive, aren't they? yeah. Oh, my goodness. So it, it, it does interesting things. You know, I mean, I, I learn things that – like that little story that I never would have known, you know, that people got caught firing crinolines. You just don't think about that, do you? Uh, I've, I've never read about mm. that either. That's mm. – But no, if you think about it, it makes absolute sense. The other thing I saw you in that you were brilliant was um, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was a great production. Trevor Nunn, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. It was very, I mean, the set was amazing, wasn't it? Amazing, but the whole production was amazing. I mean, he is brilliant, Trevor, absolutely brilliant. But and also, it's one of the great musicals. I mean, we must have seen that probably various productions, probably four or five times. And every time that opening song, tradition, Lee starts crying, (laughs) it makes him cry. It's so emotional. It is a very, very emotional. Um, show, it is, isn't yeah. it? And it was lovely. And the father and the daughters. And, oh, I know. And, 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 and also, it's like, it's not, you know, it's not going to be a happy ending. You know, you kind of know oh, that, don't you? But I worked oh, in no. that with the lovely Maria Friedman, um, who we'd worked together before, sort of yonks ago. And so it was really lovely to be working with her again. We shared a dressing room. Oh. It was really lovely. That was a blessing of the show for me. Oh, yeah, because I, you, you sing. You're a you're, you've, you had a big hit record, no. didn't you? With it, wasn't it with the East Yeah, the scene, theme song. I wouldn't call me a singer. Yeah. I would say that I'm an actress that can carry a tune. <laughs> well, I think you're. A, I think you know. If, if you can carry a tune, you're well, a singer. Right. I'll accept it then. Okay. <laughs> but it's lovely singing, isn't it? Don't oh, you love God, it? yes. It's such a joyful thing, isn't it? It's like listening. Yeah. I think everyone should sing, actually. Yes, even if you think you've got a rubbish voice. I mean, you should still have a go. My sister sings. I mean, she sings in a choir. They've got a little choir down where she lives. and So she sings a lot. And my mum used to sing. She used to sing with the Forces Band. Uh, in Did the she? wartime, yeah, she used to get up oh, and sing. But then when, when, the, when she got demobbed, um, they said, oh, we're going to go pro, you know, would you like to, you know, join us, Anne? And she said, oh, I don't know. She said, I have to have a drink before I get up and sing. She said, I don't know whether that's a good idea. So she went on cold one night. She went on without having had a, a glass of, and she hit a bum note and it put her off forever. And so she didn't join the band. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. But it's kind of given me a bit of a, 
a nervousness about singing. I mean, I'm fine if I'm in character. It doesn't bother me because it's just an extension of the text. But if, mm. if people ask me to just get up and go on stage and just sing a song for no other reason than the song is a pretty song, then that fills me with abject fear, <laughs> which I've inherited. But there's home. something, I think there's something very, very good for your soul about I mean, not to sing professionally, but just to everyone yeah. should just sing every day, even if you can't sing in you tune. Because it day, does, yeah. it's, I mean, I, lo- I absolutely love it. And, um, I just think, and, and join, like your sister, join a choir. Yeah. I think you should. must be lovely singing in a choir, actually, hearing all those harmonies. Yeah, it's and you've got gorgeous. backup, haven't you, with your mates? You know? yeah. But I think you should sing every day, dance every day, and laugh every day if you can. Excellent. There you are. You heard it from Anita Dobson. <laughs> Do that. That's just so important, don't you think? Oh, Oh, tell my me. God, in this world, if we don't laugh, well... We, we truly are dead as a race. No, I, I agree. I mean, we all have days that aren't so good, but if you can find a bit of humour, or, you know, um, Lee makes me laugh a lot. Oh. I mean, I love him, but he makes me, he does make me laugh still. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it's silly, but it's very, very important. Yeah. Um, so how did you guys cope through the terrible COVID couple of years? Were you... In London. We were in London. It, it was deeply challenging because Brian had a heart attack <gasps> and he had sciatica and then he had a hemorrhage. So oh I was goodness. Florence Nightingale and it's a role that I am not castable for. I, I realise now. <laughs> I did my best. I valiantly became La Pompia from one of those Lorca plays, you know, the sort of old housekeeper that plods around, you know, bringing food and various books and whatever for the patient. But oh it was yeah, it was very hard. So did the COVID give him a heart no, attack? He just he just suddenly he, he sort of was fell on the was laying on the floor and said Darling, I think I'm having a heart attack. I said, Oh my no. God, how terrifying. Said, it must be the physio, because he does exercise. It must be the exercises. You've just overdone it. You, you know, you've strained something. You can't. Yeah. I said, no, trust me, I think it's a heart attack. And you know that moment when you think, I'm a capable woman. I'll know what to do. I just was, I just went into shock for about 30 seconds. I was like, What? And then I thought, Doctor, I've got to call the doctor. So I rang our doctor. Yeah. Luckily, he lives locally. Oh, he did when we were in London. And he shot round and, and sh- took him away and did loads of tests. And then the next day he came back and he said, I'm afraid I've got to take him into hospital. And they did. They took him in and put three stents in his heart. Unbelievable. And he'd had no warning signs? No. No. It was such that a shock. It was terrifying. I mean, I never want to go yeah. through that again. And this was during the COVID everyone was in yeah. lockdown and we went to the hospital of course masked up to the nines and there was obviously everybody all the everyone was masked and nobody was allowed to go in i couldn't go in with them and then yeah. the doctor said well lady anita used to call me lady anita lady anita will come in and watch too and i went i don't want to watch my husband having a heart procedure no no i'll wait out here i thought no i can't oh, but no. then he relayed it to me he sent me a little text saying first stent has gone in satisfactorily Second one about to go in, taking a little longer, and then I heard nothing. And you're you're sitting there gripping the armchair. Thinking, oh my goodness! It was terrifying. But he terrifying. He was brilliant, and he recovered. He's he's very strong. I realise now. He's very brave. Yeah, and he's he's fine, he, all recovered. Yeah, and- does his exercises religiously every day, every day without fail. And did he have to go on a special diet or anything? Well, we, we eat pretty healthily. We don't eat meat. Yeah. Um, and so he, the doctor said, you know, obviously these are the things you should eat that are good for you, and these are things probably that are not that good you should. for you. Yeah. So, yeah, he started to watch that, and um, they give you tablets to take, and, and he said exercise as much as you you know is, is good for you, and he gave him a, a guy, a, a trainer that would come in and help him just so he knew not to exercise too much because, of course, that would be a say, yeah. too. Um, but, yeah, he's been amazing. And to do that tour, that long tour, running, and he was on stage for, what, two hours, 20 minutes nonstop, and he didn't have any breaks, I just think that that's heroic, isn't it? That's almost... It is. Yeah. That's amazing. It's godlike, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
yes. So what during lockdown? I mean, we we just moved into a, a place in the country, so we had lots to do because when you move into a house, there's lots to do, and we had boxes to unpack. So that kind of kept. I mean, the hardest thing for me was not seeing our kids and our grandkids. Mm. I found that it was horrible, but. Um, I mean, we talk on Zoom every day and everything, but it's not quite the same. No. <laughs> and my daughter had just given birth three weeks before to her second baby, a little oh. baby boy. So I got to meet him and hold him a couple of times, and then I didn't see him for three and a half months, and that was really hard. Yeah. And I couldn't help her. You know, when you have a baby, it's nice to have mum around to help and just get yeah. some sleep, yeah. quite honestly. But I, I couldn't. I couldn't even do that because we weren't allowed to. So um, we were lucky with that. Were you in London through all of lockdown? We were in London throughout lockdown. And interestingly enough, we've just moved to the country too. So we've left London, which is a bit of a shock to this Stepney gal who's vowed she'd never leave the smell of diesel fumes. But, um, yeah, we are now ensconced in the country. Oh, so you, you've yeah, moved. Yeah, so we're surrounded by boxes like you were, yeah. Oh, okay. This has just happened. Okay. what part, I mean, you don't have to tell me specifically, but what part of the country? North, oh, south, sorry. Devon, Cornwall. Oh, okay. Oh, well, we're in Sussex, so. Oh, lovely. Now, so you've done, I mean, you've done many, many things on stage. Is that your, is that your biggest passion, being it on was. stage? It was. I mean, I, yeah, I cut my teeth on stage work and I've done loads of stuff from, from Hello Dolly to Hamlet and back again, you know. But um and I thought, yes, I thought that would be it for me. But I must say, as I've got older now, and of course living a little bit further out, it's harder to get in and out of town, as I'm sure you know. Mm. So I think probably more television now, unless it's something that really rocks my boat. Also, don't you think, you know, eight shows a week is hard, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, at my age. Yeah. I haven't done half as much as you on stage, but I have done a few stage things. But I, you know, I was much younger and, and, and it's a killer then, let alone, I mean, I loved it, but I don't, I don't know whether eight shows a week now is, you see, that's hard. Yeah. And it's also the fact that it's relentless, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Wonderful though it is, you know, if it's a long run, it is exhausting. It is. And also you have to, well, I did. The only way I could do it, you you, you plan your whole life and your day around the show, don't you? What you eat, when exactly. you eat, how you sleep, where you sleep, because the yeah. show is the be all and end all of your 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It rules your life, doesn't it? Does. it? Which was fine when I was younger. I loved it because that's all I wanted to do. Eat, sleep, drink, theatre and, you know, and um, and acting. But um, now that, you know, you've got, now as you get older, I thought as you got older, things slowed down and life got easier. It's not, it's even faster than it I ever know, was. It is. Every day you wake up in the morning and you skeeter through the day to the end of the day and think, that's another day over. And then suddenly get up again and off you go again. It's I don't know why it's so busy. I, I blame technology. I think everybody's... <laughs> We're blaming everybody's technology moved. for everything. Yeah, for everything. <laughs> because it does make you move faster. Everybody wants an answer quickly and things happen quickly. That's no, true. They? But the, going back to theatre, Leo says, and I, I, I've experienced it a few times, but not as much as you two have. But he said the lovely thing about doing theatre is that as a group, you become like a family. I find that um, touring now, I've... When you've got a nice house, you don't want to go away from home, do you? I and know. also, that's really, really tiring because the traveling is tiring as well. Yeah. It is. So I, I find that's something that I probably am very, would be reluctant to do. Yeah, it is. It is, and it takes you away from home. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm well. I've always been a homebody, but I, I'm much more of a homebody now. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and I love cooking, so I love I love being at home. I love cooking, yeah. just having evenings at home around the telly and yeah. just doing ordinary, normal things. And if you're on tour, you can't do that, can you? No, you can't. Look at you, an icon. Gosh, I remember <laughs> you back in the day, little twigs. You were you were amazing. You were. I was, a, I was a very funny little thing. Yeah, but you were yeah. a, a fashion icon. I mean, listen, oh. I'm mad about clothes, so of course, you know watched you with 
avid interest. In oh, avid thank you. No, it was a in, very interesting time. I can imagine. And, You you did Strictly, right? I did. When was that? It must be about 11, getting on for 12 years ago, maybe. Oh, gosh. Yeah, certainly over 10. Yeah, it must be 10, must be about 11 years ago. Um, yeah, they they asked me about three times. And I kept saying no, because I thought, no, I, I don't like the intrusion into your, your private life, you know. Yeah. But um, the, the third time they asked me, my best friend said to me, why are you saying no? And I said, well, I don't want to make a fool of myself. She said, at your age, do you care? <laughs> and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm going to do it. So I did. I made the decision and I did it. And, oh, my God, the clothes, the clothes. <laughs> oh, the they, clothes. they had to throw me out of BBC when I went to, to look at the clothes because I, I tried everything on this you've got to go now there's other people you've you've, you've so tried funny. nearly everything we've got off you go yeah i loved it oh that's so, so fun yeah. but they must have had they must make the clothes to fit yeah. you because yeah. you're very petite aren't you so i mean ish yeah ish oh you ish. are you've yeah. got your you're in very good shape but, but, um, very but isn't it really really I've, I've known a few people who've done it isn't it really hard it, you oh, know the God, rehearsing yes. and the yeah. yeah, especially if you're not a dancer, which I'm not. I never mm. trained. You know, I just what I love the idea of it, and I love dancers and have a great respect and admiration oh, for amazing, them. They're the backbone yeah. of every musical, and um, and I suppose I'd always wished that I had trained. And I'm I'm a good mover. I was in my day, and I. And <laughs> She's a little mover. And people used to say to me, like, if I did a musical, they said, "Do you think you could do this?" And I go. I don't know. I'll have a go. And so often I would find myself doing sort of things that you'd never imagine yourself doing, you know. Um, so what I did, I parked my career as such and I just gave it over to Strictly and thought I'm going to yeah. pretend I'm a dancer for the duration. Brilliant. And so you, you were taking on an acting role? In a way, yes. Yeah. Because whenever I, if I didn't do very well one week, I remember Craig uh, Revel Horwood would say, well, you acted it so well. And I thought, yeah, that's because I'm an actress. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And it had to be a part. But I was so fortunate that I got partnered with uh, Robin Windsor. I remember feeling so thrilled because we, they sort of try you out with everybody. They have a sort of dance thing. Oh, do they? Oh, that's story, interesting. You know, put different partners together. And yeah. we just clicked as people, you know. So for the whole first half of the, the series, we just laughed. It, we just had fun. And we, we got on. We had a chemistry, I think, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, it's not inevitable that you'll find that with every partner no. in anything. As, you know, in, no, that's in, true. In acting as a musical. So, yeah, it was great. But it gets very competitive about halfway through. And I'm oh, not really... Oh, doesn't That's, in, yeah, that's well, really then, interesting. Yeah, because of, like, how much do you want to win? And I say, well, I'm not really bothered. I'm just here for the dancing. I just want to have fun, you know, and dance and yeah. do as well as I can. I was sad not to leave with Robin when I did go. I was sad I didn't leave with Robin. Yeah, because didn't he get injured or something? Yeah, he did. We did Wembley and he had some kind of... In, infection he thought on his knee and it blew up like a and so for the next the next one I had to dance with somebody else with Brendan um who I hitherto didn't know terribly well um and he's a brilliant dancer brilliant yeah but it was a different different chemistry you know, different kind of um and it was and then it was after that that I went so I had to sort of sit on the sofa with them both, bless them, say goodbye to both of them. Aww. But it was sad that I didn't actually finish with Robin. I think he was sad as well. But he kept saying to me, try and get through this one so that we can do one more, you know. Aww. It wasn't to be. Aww. But I'm glad you had fun because I've, I've had other friends who've done it who didn't really enjoy it very much. Well, it's, but... it is tough. I mean, it, it didn't change my life. Like the people said to you, this is mm. going to change your life. It didn't change my life. I just went back to my, my job, you know, my real job kind of thing. But um, it made me realize that it's all very well to look at dancers and think it looks like they're having so much fun and it's easy. It is. Oh, I've always said, I mean, I did a, a big musical in, in New York many years ago. I remember. The, the dancer, I, I always say that 
dancers in musicals are the most underpraised and underpaid in our profession because that our dancers were they were magical. They were, They could do things that I couldn't, couldn't even dream of. I mean, I can tap dance a bit, and I did, but they were extraordinary. I mean, and they work so hard, and they and they are underappreciated and un- definitely underpaid. I agree. The boyfriend. Well, that was a film. Yeah, you but, were um, that. Yeah, but um, and what I'd learned to tap for that. Pardon? What was the show you did in New York? It was called My One and Only. It was a. Oh. Oh, together the show with Gershwin Music that Tommy Tune starred in with me and directed and everything, but um, but I, I and I loved our our dancers. I mean, they were they all became my friends, but um, it just amazed me that they are so always so under yeah and <laughs> but they're always happy, aren't they? Because they're dancing, and as we were saying earlier, it is a joyful Absolutely. thing to do. So they're Absolutely. always happy, lovely bunch they to are. be around. I mean, just yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's been. I'm going to let you go soon because otherwise we're going to be on here for like three hours. I know. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. What time tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, it's been really lovely. Thank you so much. It's lovely to have met you and to have had time with you. Thank yeah. you so much. Absolutely lovely, and hopefully we'll see each other soon. I hope so too. Go and have a, a sing song with. Your husband. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell him you said so. (laughs) I will. I will. Take care of yourself, lovely. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was such a lovely chat with Anita. She's she's a really nice lady. I love the fact that we were born the same year. Good good year, nineteen (laughs) forty nine. Anyway, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy talking to Anita. Really fun. Okay, I'll see you soon. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy. Or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.